right. Good afternoon, Southern Arizona. Uh, welcome to Inside Inside Track. Uh, guest hosting, as you may hear from my voice, I am not Bruce Ash. Uh, it's Frank Antonori filling in for Bruce, who is on special assignment, and Eb, uh, who is out uh, doing very important things uh, this weekend. So they've asked me to fill in. Uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to have a, an action-packed show like we usually do here. A lot of good information out there. If you want to call in, the number is 520-790-2040, And we're going to open the show with a special guest. Uh, in studio here at KVOI is Jim Lehman, who is the candidate uh, for U.S. Senate in Arizona. And he's got a couple things he wants to talk about, make a, a little announcement about what he's in town for. He's got a big uh, thing going on. So, Jim, I'll give it straight to you. So what are you, what are you doing in town? What brings you to Tucson today? Frank, great to be here. Thanks for uh, yeah. having me on the show. We've got a uh, grand opening. We're opening uh, offices all across this beautiful state Uh 14 in total, wow. most ever before, six uh, by the RNC during Trump's uh, administration run. Uh, we are doing that uh, on steroids because we're going to make sure the state gets back uh, to the principles of America first, not a Mark Kelly, you know, constant uh, drift toward uh, Marxism. Who, who was that? Who was that guy? <laughs> I haven't, I don't know, I haven't heard. Anybody know who that guy is? Anybody seen that guy? Heard that guy? I thought it was in Beijing last time yeah, I heard. Yeah, you know, there's, there's the a gal up there with purple hair that makes a lot of noise, but I haven't heard anything from this Kelly guy. Anybody heard of this guy? Well, anyways, that's the other thing. You know, I think people are looking for a U.S. senator from Arizona that's going to step up and not hide behind a skirt like a certain current current senator is right now. He doesn't do anything. Let's cinema do all his talking. Sad. Absolutely, Frank. Yeah. Uh, Six-year Army veteran and then a business guy uh, all my life. Fortunately, I uh, built a billion-dollar company here in Arizona. Sold it last year in oh, order wow. to focus on this full-time, brother, because we've got to take this country back. That's a lot of what people like Trump for was he didn't own nobody, and nobody owned him. And uh, having a guy up there uh, you know, that doesn't have somebody that thinks that they're in their back pocket that owes them anything is pretty important because it's all about you know the people that you're going to go up there to represent they want you representing them not a bunch of other guys that you know you're beholden to because they helped you get there so you're a self-made guy and you're going to be a self-made senator from what you're saying exactly frank uh, i've sworn off uh, there'll be zero lobbyist dollars zero pack dollars in my campaign if you look at my worthy republican uh Guys, uh, opponents, they're already taking those dollars themselves. I'm going there to be loyal to the people of Arizona, an America first uh, mm -hmm. agenda. Get this country in a direction uh, that it needs to get back to, or otherwise, we're not going to have a country. There's not many more opportunities left. Mark Kelly, of course, totally sold out to anything that Schumer tells him to do. And of course, Schumer does anything that Biden. Biden does anything Communist Chinese Party tells him to do. Yeah, or his son, or his son tells him to do so he can help his uh, portfolio out a little uh -huh. bit. But, but uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot of crises uh, facing the country now. I mean, over the last year, we've had so many terrible things uh, economics-wise. Uh, you know, uh, the, the America's perception in the world uh, has been damaged dramatically under this current administration. Uh, we've had all these so-called hearings in Congress focusing on everything but what Americans in this country care about. So when you get up there as the new senator from Arizona, what would be your priority to get this country back on track and to restore what would be uh, our image in the world of being a superpower and being a country that you you have to fear and respect? What are you going to help us do? Great point, Frank. Uh, three main tracks on our uh, campaign. Uh, number one is secure the borders. 
um, I've gotten the endorsement, National Board of Patrol Council. All you're, you're the only members. guy that's got that. I hear your opponent is throwing <laughs> word words around, trying to allude to something like. But you are actually the only candidate the only, in this race that has gotten that endorsement. The only one, in addition, Frank, uh, yeah. the the gentleman uh, who led that effort, uh, as well under Trump administration, got uh, Brandon Judd, Tom Homan, Mark Morgan, Chad Wolf. We had the Arizona Police Association uh, endorsement. We just recently, last week receive the National Association of Police Organizations across the country, 241,000. They don't normally endorse, but they believe the Lehman campaign, I'm going to bring the strength uh, we need. But that's number one, is secure the uh, border. Uh, number two is America first. In other words, Communist Chinese Party, uh, you sold us a bill of goods when you said you were going to you know, start back in the 80s and you're going to be kind of like the rest of kind of a civilized society. Yeah, you're the, going the, exact the so-called opposite. free trade organization, you know, they all, claim they were going to follow all the rules and they're, they're not. All of that malarkey yeah, and, yeah. and all we've done is had politicians uh, sell out our country, jobs, manufacturing, ten very strongly uh, to bring that uh, back to the country. Number three is get the federal government back in the box that the Constitution told them they were supposed to be in. Not about mass mandates, vaccine mandates. Running it's everybody's election in every do, state. Doing whatever yeah. they think they can come up with. And, and the root of that, uh, of course, uh, is too much money. The federal budget's absolutely out of control. These agencies getting more money, more people every year, trying to invent more scope. I intend to be very hard on that. We've got to get this budget balanced. That will take a lot of this power away from them immediately. Intend to do that can be tough to start with, but if we don't, Frank, we're just not going to have a country. Yeah, let me let me just add a little anecdotal evidence here. When I was in the state legislature, granted, Arizona is a smaller microcosm than the federal government. We were in during the budget crisis back in 2009 when we had the huge recession back then, and we cut 22% of the state budget. And everybody predicted all this doom and gloom and fire and brimstone. The world was going to crumble all around us. And to this day, I ask anybody, did you, anybody ever notice that we cut? 22% of the state budget? I mean, we, you know, nobody knows. We, we laid off 2,700 state employees. Anybody notice that? Nobody noticed. So I think if you were to take that to the national level, I, I would seriously doubt that if you went in there and started making cuts, and, and at the federal level, you don't even have to do that. 2%, 3%, 4% reductions in spending is huge. I don't think anybody will notice. I really don't. I think it's all scare tactics and hype. It absolutely is, and it's uh, it's selling out the American taxpayer. It, we should have every dollar be as precious as in the hard work that it took to make that tax dollar and send it uh, up north. I'm going to be hard again. Uh, I'm not going there to pussyfoot around. You know, I'm going there as a veteran and a successful businessman that's going to take this country to where I believe strongly. Kind of like Ron DeSantis in Florida stands up for the people. Trump stood up right. for in the White House. I intend to be that that's, on the that, Senate that, floor. That is what Americans, and I'm sure Arizonans, want. They want a fighter. I mean, they saw that in Trump. They saw him fight. They 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 saw him stick up for them and not for everybody else. They're looking for a guy that's going to go up there and, and fight for them. They need a fighter. Americans, you know, not to quote uh, George C. Scott or whatever in, in Patton, Americans love a winner and they love fighters. They don't like losers. And uh, Trump coined that, and I think the Americans are hungry for that kind of leadership. Frank, I had a good opportunity, a couple of years of uh, college linebacker and a coach Bryant. It was not about oh, wow. just winning the game. It was winning the national championship. I intend to be a national champion for the American people that says, I'll be your voice. And even on the federal budget, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to take a very hard approach there because we and our families have to balance the budget, have to balance everything in our businesses, 
I got it. We can do the same in the government. Closed, by the way, the Department of Education, or indoctrination, as I'd like to call it. Yeah. There are many things we can do. Entitlements. Oh, Jim, are you going to take those? You're damn right, because that's where the money is. People don't understand. The, the Department of Education was, was created, unfortunately, under Jimmy Carter. Um, the first 150 years this country existed, we did not have a Department of Education, and I would argue we were better off uh, before then. And I honestly don't think you'll, you'll miss it now. And, and, and education is local. Education is local. That's why we have school boards. You know, we don't need the federal government telling our local school boards how to run their schools. You're absolutely correct. Get it back in, particularly what the parents and the students, they need to decide what school they go to. Not even, uh, don't need advice there. Uh, Let's get the dollars following the student. Let the parents go where they want to. Get uh, department education out of the way. Uh, I am very pro-student. I'm very pro-parent. I'm pro-teacher. I am not pro-teacher union, nor am I pro-anything to do with Department of Education. Get that done. Many other areas. Let's talk, uh, for example, as I said, uh, entitlements. If you're able to work in this country, you need to get off your butt and go get a job. Yep. And a lot of that comes out of the federal government. Stop paying people not to work. I saw it in my business. We had to compete with the government to get people to come to work. That should not be the way it is in this country. Those are precious taxpayer dollars. They don't come out of thin air. They're being paid for people uh, to do that. But also, we got to provide at a federal policy level, get those jobs back from China because we have certain rules we have to live by here to do things, good wages and things of that nature. China doesn't. we got to tariff those goods so it's a level playing field. We get those jobs back here in America, and particularly in rural Arizona. I'm sure I'm a product of a rural upbringing. I want jobs. You know, Scottsdale's got theirs with chip factories and Glendale. We want local rural jobs right here in uh in this area as well as northern Arizona. You know, as they say, uh, it's all about blocking and tackling, right? You're a football guy, and, I, you know, I played football. Uh, I think anybody that played pl- – I, I believe the warriors of this country are created on football fields all across America. If you ever notice the – I remember – I'll tell you a quick, quick story. General Boykin – I don't know if you know who General Boykin is, but he was one of my commanders. We were at a graduation ceremony for Green Berets, and he was the guest speaker. And during that day, he said, hey, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you guys in this room played football in high school? Almost everybody raised their hands. How many of you played soccer in high school? One poor guy raised his hands, and he says, that's why America needs football because football creates warriors. The mentality that you learn in high school and college football carries you on through life and people don't realize that uh, and 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 I, I'm not a big fan of soccer as you could probably tell I'm not a, a you know they, they fall down and cry about every little fake every little injury football players there's something about guys that played football I don't know what it is but they turn into they they're, they're, they understand teamwork they understand sometimes you got to take a hit for the team you're the the guy that's going to sacrifice your body so you can get that guy across that uh, goal line in the end zone and we need more of that in this country more of it I totally agree uh, I'm from humble beginnings, right? Uh, right? Had great parents, great God, but nothing. You know, we didn't have any uh, that kind of money floating around. We had to do it on our own. Came up through football, teamwork. Came up through yep. the military, teamwork. Yep. Uh, came up through business and then built my own company. It said a billion-dollar company here in Arizona that over the last eight years, teamwork. I don't see um, Caucasian, uh, Latino, nope. African-American. It is about American team. And by golly, America first, the American team is what I'm going to Washington to stand for, root for, and kick ass up there who people who think anything differently. Well, we got a caller. Uh, I don't know if you want to you want to take a call. You won't take a call. The guy's from Chicago. Let's go for He's it. He's listening online. We're going to take a shot. So we got Len. Len, you're on with uh, Jim Lehman. What's your question? Uh, good afternoon. Jim, what would you say is your one defining characteristic 
that separates uh, you and your vision for America uh, that differentiates you from Mark, what's his name? Yeah, great uh, question. In, in a couple words, America first versus America last. You know, I respect Kelly's service to his country just as I did, but that guy's gone off the rails. He's never had a private job. He had a little balloon company that, you know, kind of used a bunch of federal government to get started. I've been very blessed to be in the power industry, big coal plants, big gas plants, and I even brought those team members over to big solar across this country. And in doing so, we made sure that we bought American product first. And, and brother, it's unfortunate. That's gotten hard to do, transformer, steel, cable, and we've got to get back to that. So in a in a very short uh, sentence, it's America first. China needs to go home. Go do your own thing over the guys. We don't want your crap anymore. I don't want you in our universities, not in our financial markets, not buying off our teachers and, and um, legislators. Go do your own thing. You've got your way of life. We've got ours. Get the hell out of our country, and let's get back to America first. You know, Mike Rowe, uh, thanks, Len. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, uh, Mike, Mike Rowe uh, says America works when America works. I mean, that, that's a common thing. Arizona, uh, you know, we're a big mining state, and what we've seen over the last couple of years is the Chinese have been going around the world scarfing up all these mines, particularly uh, rare earth metals. Uh, and, and, and we have those in Arizona, and we need for national security reasons to secure that stuff. So what would you what would you look at, uh, you know, particularly helping Arizona and helping our national security in that regard? Frank, I've uh, gone up against federal government uh, in permits for big coal plants, uh, gas, solar for the last 30 years. I know how they work. I know how they can draw things out, simply because they are an agency that they have nothing else to do other than cause issues and just stand away. We know what the laws are. We comply with those. This thing about we can mine responsibly, absolutely. We can drill our natural gas responsibly, absolutely. No one that I've ever met in any part of American business has ever been about anything that said anything other than clean air and clean water because our own it's on our own air and, and clean water. In China, that's the exact opposite. They don't give a darn about how much goes in pollution or worker safety or anything of that nature. We must have this ability and get back to that strategically in America. And, oh, by the way, if you're on the left, or particularly, well, let's say all of us, care environmentally about things, do it in America because it's the cleanest place on the planet, not just to mine, but to process. We have 80% of our mining needs in our country are mined here in the West, mostly in Arizona and uh, in Utah, a little bit in Colorado. We only process 50%. We literally send it, the other 30%, to Indonesia hmm. and back. And that's got to stop. That's just the insanity that's been allowed to perpetuate. Got to get it back. And as you said, the rare earth and the critical. Uh, yeah, every ship, every plane, it, every tank, everything in there, you know, neodymium and all these other uh, rare earth magnets that we need for our navigation systems, we need for it, it's all coming from China now. Just, I mean, if they wanted to really mess with us, they could just shut down our base metals and we'd be in big trouble. Big Frank, trouble. Frank, just outside of Nogales, about yeah. uh, 14 miles, one of the world's largest manganese deposits sitting underneath Forest Service land, which, of course, is our land as people right. of America. We import, and, it, and that's used, by the way, in the strengthening of steel to make structural steel. We import almost 100% from China. It's sitting right there. I intend to be hard, say hard turn to do it responsibly, absolutely. No yeah. water and pollution and things of that nature. And reclamation when you're done. Reclamation. Those are fantastic yep. jobs. 5,000 direct jobs starting at $72,000. The people on Nogales, 
I want to bring those jobs to you. I want to do it in record time. The EPA needs to get the hell out of the way along the Forest Service. We know the laws. They're written by Congress. We follow those, and we go bring mining back to this country immediately. we got 20 seconds, so one more time. Let everybody know uh, what about your uh, office in Tucson and, and where where you can be seen. You're going to be there today? You're going to be shaking hands and meeting people? Is that the deal? Absolutely. Going to right. open that grand opening here on North Swan Road, uh, 2980 North Swan Road. We're going to be there all the way through the November election. We're staffing it. We've already got a great team on board. Everything you need from walk list to yard signs, you name it, come on out and be with us. All right. Well, thanks, Jim, so much. We're going to go to a break. It was a great opening segment and uh, great having you on, and we wish you the best of luck. Great. All right. Thanks, Frank. We'll see you. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing, and then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through, but that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house, We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. Ask not! What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that, one family at a time. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, of Wilkinson Wealth Management at 777-1911-WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. And we're back to Inside Track. Uh, Frank Antonori guest hosting for Eb Wilkinson and Bruce Ash, who are on special assignment this weekend. Uh, if you want to call in, uh, the number 520-790-2040. We had Jin Lehman on in the in the first sec- segment running uh, for U.S. Senate. Sounds like a pretty serious guy, and uh, I think Arizona needs some serious leadership, so um, and we wish Jim the best of luck. Uh, I want to rotate a little bit into some some national issues because Bruce, uh, you know, traditionally hits on some of the national stuff. Uh, one of the big things going on, of course, I don't think anybody hasn't noticed uh, Vladimir Putin rattling his sabers along the Ukrainian border. Um, and, you know, recently the uh, Biden administration's just told everybody we're mobilizing 8,500 troops. But I want I wanted to give you some inside information on, on, you know, from my experience in the military and what's really going on when they claim that they're alerting these forces. A lot of people think that they're all scrambling and they're loading on airplanes and they're getting ready to go, uh, 
go over there and they're not really doing that what they did is they just basically notified the units uh they received notification that they've been selected for potential deployment and told them to get ready to deploy and they put them on a a five-day leash which is really interesting because when when i was in the army uh particularly with the when it came to the 82nd airborne division uh when you activated or notified what was known as drf1 deployment readiness force one which was the brigade that was on call sort of sort of alert at all times uh those guys are literally wheels up in hours and they can be anywhere in the world in 24 hours but that's not happening here it's just uh it's just a paper drill uh yeah these units probably made sure everybody's uh shots are up to date their rucksacks are packed and sitting ready to go if they have to grab them but they're not really moving anybody um and the list of units is kind of interesting because they included davis monthan air force base here in southern arizona uh one of the squadrons there was notified that they might deploy be prepared to deploy uh we have several other bases uh fort polk louisiana fort hood texas uh joint base lewis mccord washington you know the, the ranger battalions are up there um second infantry division is up there of course uh, fort hood texas is second armored um uh 101st airborne at fort campbell uh kentucky um that's where both my kids were born at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, and the 4th Infantry Division of Fort Carson, Colorado. So they're, they're mobilizing um, a lot of units, but they're not going anywhere. Um, they're, they're staying here in the United States. They've just been put on alert. Um, you know, there's a lot of units in Germany. We've got armor units in Germany because everybody remembers the good old days of the Cold War uh, when we had enough forces in there to at least slow down the Russian horde as they crossed over into, into Eastern Europe. Uh, so we have forces there uh, between them and these units to deploy. You know, th- they if they wanted to, they could really cause a lot of damage for Vladimir Putin. But that would basically be the opening salvo of might, what might be World War III. Um, and it's been a while since there's been a direct confrontation between uh, the United States and Russia. And I don't think anybody wants it. I sure as heck don't want that, having a son in the military myself. The last thing I want is is getting into a, a, a war with a major um, power. And I know the Chinese would love that, too, um, tying up both us and Russia at the same time. So that would let them uh, go free. So I was, I was wondering what in, anybody might have thought. And if you want, call in again, 520-790-2040. Um, a lot of this saber rattling, again, is posturing and whatnot. Do you, think, uh, do you guys think that Vladimir Putin's going to invade or not? I don't think he is. I think he's up to something. I think he's trying to get a concession. I think he's trying to manipulate what he foresee, what he sees as a weak U.S. president and a weak European Union uh, to include some of these NATO countries, including Germany, who is now basically held um, hostage by him uh, due to the, uh, the, the pipeline uh, providing uh, what was mostly about 70% of the natural gas. Uh, you know, and then Germany in turn shut down all their coal plants, shut down their nuclear plants that are almost reliant exclusively on on Russian energy. So I don't think anybody wants a war over there. I really don't think it's going to come to that. I know everybody's saying, oh, any moment now. Uh, again, uh, nobody, nobody wants... And the Ukrainians, if they wanted to, uh, could really bloody and make it really hard and, and inflict significant losses uh, on Putin and his forces as they tried to roll into Kiev. Uh, so I don't think they want that. So um, I'd like to hear what you guys think and see see what maybe some of your theories are because I, I just don't think it's going to happen. So let's go to the phones. we got Matt uh, calling in. Matt, you're on uh, Inside Track. How are we doing today, this afternoon? Um, pretty good. 
hey, Frank, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I was a reserve officer and uh, didn't have the level of experience and knowledge that you you did um, with Special Forces, but because um, I'm always impressed when you talk. Um, uh, but I did I did do a tour in uh, for Operation Joint Endeavor for Bosnia, and I did do a tour in Iraq, and um, I spent time with logistics units. And so, uh, while I'm not an infantry guy and, and uh, or a, a special operator like you, um, I do study uh, strategic stuff and listen to some people. And I I really believe this is a one of those times where um, you know. It's clear that that uh, that Vladimir Putin really wants to readjust the power dynamic in Europe, and really he wants to rebalance uh, who's running Europe. And I think uh, he 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 looks pretty serious uh, that we extended too far in our NATO, um, you know, attempts to increase NATO, and I think he may. Uh, Clearly, if he doesn't go in with tanks, he's certainly going in with some sort of, uh, you know, um, guys like you, special forces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my thought. No, that's, that's a good Bye. point. And so if everybody remembers, you know, history, unfortunately, is something we don't pay a lot of attention to, sadly, anymore. If everybody remembers when the Soviet Union fell, uh, Vladimir Putin was basically head of the KGB at the time. And he was very upset with Gorbachev uh, and the way Gorbachev allowed the sort of breakaway republics to break away at the time. And he was very angry that Gorbachev, especially when it came to Poland, when Lech Walesa came up and peeled Poland off. And there was a buffer of countries that basically were these, uh, whatever you want to call them, speed bumps to Moscow that the United States would have to go through if they ever wanted to get to Moscow. And that buffer has been eroded. Um, in Putin's eyes, I'm talking about in Putin's eyes, and he's not happy that they don't have these breakaway republics along the front lines of, of Russia anymore, and they used to have that. And the big thing about Ukraine, Ukraine is right on the border uh, with Russia. It's like, I think Kiev is 250 miles from Moscow. It's not far at all. And that's why he's he's nervous about that, and he's upset about that. And he's upset again that a lot of these countries like Hungary and Poland were all taken off of what would were former Soviet uh republics and they're now falling into nato right poland is coming into nato and there's other talks going on i think a lot of that is him trying to say look um you know there were agreements that uh, uh these countries if they came out of the soviet union would not join nato and i believe there's some violations of those agreements whether they were really formal or not and uh, he's trying to reassert that um and he's very upset that uh, there's been inroads towards what he sees as former Soviet uh, countries. And I, I honestly think he's, he's trying to do his best to restore what would be the grandeur of the old Soviet Union. And that's the way Putin thinks. He's, a, he's an old KGB Soviet guy. All right, we're going to go to Charles uh, calling in now. Charles Heller, friend of the show. Charles, how are we doing? You're on. Better for talking to you, Frank. Oh. It's always a, it, I always learn something from talking, from from listening to you. And one thing I'd like to say is, hell hath no fury like a communist scorned. <laughs> and the and Putin, I I think from what I see on the tea leaves, is something of a megalomaniac. And you take something away from a megalomaniac, and it's it's something akin to removing a fire truck from a five year old. And I think there's a lot of emotional uh, 
involvement, but there's there's something that's that's a, a real true accelerant to this, and that is what uh, former Vice President Biden said uh, um, last week when he said it depends on what kind of a incursion, if it's a minor one. And I mean, he did everything but stand on top of the cross in San Diego and signal with semaphore to Vladimir, hey, go for it. And I'm concerned that whatever Putin was thinking about may have been um, given a catalyst to by the uh, by the fumbler in chief. Yeah. So so, you know, diplomacy is an interesting art uh, or craft or whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, there were leaders in this country that had the theory of peace through strength. And if you project power and project strength, you keep your enemies at bay because if they know that the repercussions could be severe, uh, that they'll not take those chances and take those risks. And of course, Reagan, we all know, was the most famous uh, for mm-hmm. coining, coining the phrase. And there tends to be not a lot of uh, trouble during those times when you have a very strong president and a strong administration. And if you look back, when was the last time uh, the, the Russians made a move and Putin made a move? It was when they went into Crimea, right? And and again, right. who was president at the time when they went into Crimea? Um, you know, there was not a strong Republican president in there that said, if you go in there, we're going to spank you really or just hard. just a strong president. Yeah, or just You know, you strong. don't have to say strong, respectfully, you don't have to yeah. say strong Republican. Well, uh, yeah, that's look right. Good JFK. point. Good look point. at JFK. Right, exactly. He was the, well, he'd probably be a Republican today if the poor guy was around today. But the, the reality is, though, the Russians, and particularly Vladimir, Vladimir Putin is the ultimate chess player. All right, this guy, this yeah. guy was, you know, head of the KGB. He's a professional spy. He He knows how to subvert pretty much anything you want, whether it's governments, whether it's organizations, whether it's the economy. This guy knows how to meddle and screw up or get in the way or cause and influence whatever he wants to get his outcome. And he's going up against a guy whose hardest problem is figuring out what flavor ice cream he wants. I mean, I'm not kidding. I I saw that the other day. He was literally in the ice cream store looking at the menu, struggling over what flavor of ice cream he wants. When, when, When Vladimir Putin sees that on American national television, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Americans, when they look on the Internet, will find pictures of uh, Putin with a hunting rifle with his shirt off, and they'll find pictures of... Of former Vice President Biden in the ice cream parlor trying to make a decision, I I think that speaks to uh, I think that speaks to strength. <laughs> and that and that's uh, Lee Iacocca had a book out about uh, the art of negotiation. Yeah, and and he always talked about the worst position you want to be in in going into a negotiation is being the guy that has the weak hand. And you should always go in with some sort of strength or some sort of leverage. And and we saw this with the Obama administration when they made these deals with the Iranians. And they were going in there and the, and the, Ukraini, or the Iranians ran all over them. You know, John Kerry was like terrible and conceded so much to these, these guys over the Iran nuclear deal. And then if you're going to go into negotiations and you have our Secretary of State going over there with his di- diplomatic team, for whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, wink and blink and nod. Yeah, 
Yeah, you, you 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 honestly think when he walks into a room with Russian diplomats who have all been handpicked by Vladimir Putin that he's got the upper hand in that negotiation? Does anybody actually believe that? That they're going to I mean, that's the problem when you you don't project strength, when you project weakness. I mean, everybody remembers when when Reagan uh, broke off the SALT treaty discussions yep. when, when he in walked Reykjavik. Out of the room at Reykjavik. Yeah, when he walked yep. out of and the Russians were freaked out of that. That that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, that's what we need. He also reportedly walked into the negotiations with a forty-five revolver in his briefcase. <laughs> well, that'd be cool. I didn't know that. That's a great, great Oh, yeah, little... forty-five caliber revolver. He had it since college. My so. goodness. Oh, good. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's what America wants. America wants their leaders to come in with that upper hand, with with that strength. And they're tired of always negotiation, negotiating from a position of weakness because you don't get anything when you negotiate for it, whether you're in business or in, in, in the world of politics or foreign diplomacy. It is the worst possible thing you could do is go in there knowing that you have the far weaker hand and you're fighting from a position of weakness and trying to negotiate like that. But that's that's the that's the problem. Things would, I tell you right now, things would be 100% different if Ron DeSantis was the president or Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Yeah. I don't think for a I minute worry. we'd be having this yeah. discussion. You get more with a smile and a Smith and Wesson, but you know I worry that <clears throat> that Trump will run again because as much as I like his policies, and I and I love that he he promised he he did more than he promised he would do, and I greatly appreciate that about the man. His uh, what's called sharp elbows theory of doing things puts off a lot of people who are independents, yeah, and might otherwise vote for him and might sit on the for. A, a a more Reagan-esque president who would otherwise voters would otherwise sit on their hands. I'm hoping that Trump will cheerlead from the side to Ron DeSantis into the White House. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of hoping that's the case too. I mean, clearly I've seen yeah. the polling that shows uh, actually Trump still ahead of DeSantis, but DeSantis yeah, but, is far ahead yeah. of everybody. All, everybody. All else. he has to do is yeah. All he has to do is endorse and that and that. That almost all of that support will go to DeSantis, but Absolutely. the other thing is the other thing is is that when you have when when you have such weakness, this is the time. Especially, I'm a lot more concerned about Xi Jinping. Oh, than I Taiwan is a, a green Putin. light. You're you're 100 right. Green light for one, Taiwan. Yep. One rocket goes off in Ukraine, and Taiwan and, and Taiwan may be toast. Yep. You're 100% right. Everybody forget that great point, Charles. Everybody forgets about the Chinese. You know, the, the media the has thing, been forcing everybody to focus on Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. The only thing going on in China is the Olympics. No, uh, trust me, if, the Chinese are doing more than the Olympics right now. The only thing we could do in diff that's different with China than we couldn't do that we can't do in Ukraine is uh, if we had any testicular fortitude at all in the White House, which is sadly lacking. A bunch of Chinese ships would mysteriously uh, would mis- mysteriously submerge. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think you could hear the Mark Forty Eight ad caps warming up all the way in San Diego uh, on sonar on, on sonar if uh, if the Chinese tried that and somebody like Reagan were president. Gotcha. All right, Charles. Thanks so much. See we're ya. gonna we're gonna be going to a break here um, for, for for the show. Here we got several Donna. 
Hold on. Um, I'll, I'll get to you right after the break. We got to go. We got a break here. We got to hit the break, and then we'll come back and we'll take call, a call from Donna. But go, for right now, let's go to the break, and we'll be right back. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. I don't ever want you to be dependent on government ever again. I want you to become financially independent. You will never, ever have to depend on socialist security for your survival. We are here to guide you to financial independence. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911-WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. And we're back for the final segment of Inside Track. Frank Antonori filling in for Bruce Ash and Ed Wilkinson. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones. We had Donna just before the break. Uh, Donna, welcome to the show. You're on Inside Track. Hi, Frank. Oh, hey. What, it's me. I recognize yeah. the voice. <laughs> okay, so one thing that really upset me is Hong Kong. The world just watched and let China just crush Hong Kong, and those people were really standing up and fighting, and nobody did anything, not us, not anybody. And they were begging for help, too. They were flying they were American flags. Anything. Yeah. So why do you think that is? I mean, even as much as I like a lot of what Trump did, he, he didn't do anything. No? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you, you know, the United States has helped do what it could to promote freedom throughout the world, right? So if, if you take everything from basically World War One on, that was basically our purpose, right? We were fighting tyranny, whether it was uh, Nazism or, or Imperial Japan or even even communism throughout the world. And then we have these things going on in recent history that it doesn't seem as though, you know, that America has the stomach for that anymore, sadly. Um, you know, we've been in a lot of conflicts, a lot of wars. I mean, in the 20 years in the Army, I was in three wars in 20 years uh, in the military. So, I mean, we're averaging one every five to seven years. And, and I think Americans are just that, just getting, we got bogged down yeah. in Iraq and Afghanistan, trying to recreate countries over there. You know, which which we had no business doing. Instead of going in and doing the mission that we should do and get out, we got stuck there. And then something like Hong Kong, where we should have—I really think we should have helped them. Maybe yeah. not gone in and fought, but given them material or something. Yeah, it, 
you make a great point. It's kind of sad because there were so many people. Don't, everybody forgets Hong Kong was basically a British protectorate, a British right. uh, colony, um, and the Brits had signed an agreement to to hand that over. Um, and you know that was a mistake. Um, Absolutely, that was they should not have have made that agreement because that was the bright spot uh, in Southeast Asia. That was the jewel, and that's why the Chinese hated it so much because it was a, you know there's so much wealth in Hong Kong, and all these wealthy Hong Kongers over there. And then when the Chinese came rolling in, uh, you know everybody realized that all that freedom, economic and otherwise, was gone, and and. If people just let it go, and it was sad to watch on TV. I mean, it really was sad to watch. Well, anyway, well, thanks for taking my call, Frank. Oh, good to hear from you, Donna. Thank Always you. good to hear from you. Have a, have a good one. Thanks so much. I want to I wanted to wrap it up now. I was reading uh, before I came into the show that basically the CDC has now said that if you have not gotten a booster and you received your second COVID shot more than six months ago, you are technically unvaxxed right now you're one of the unwashed unwashed masses uh that basically uh, uh no longer considered vaccinated and that you need to go and get that that third shot so i'm going to talk about that in a second here but we got another call we're going to go to the phones i always like making sure we get everybody a chance to talk mark uh you're on inside track how's it going hey frank i love you man hey. and uh uh anyway so Looks like uh, Putin is taking um, lessons very well from the leaders of the Nazis that did pretty much the same thing. Just went in without taking a shot and took over countries that were most friendly for him to take for them to take over all of the Germanic speaking uh, lands. Yeah. And uh, and then now. It's, it's the, it's the, so you're uh, saying Biden is uh, the Chamberlain equivalent of that? Oh, is that, is he's that, not even that is, high. Is that, he's not, not even, even that high. Yeah, no. uh, where yeah. where it seems as though that these aggressors, you know, like French. take right. take what they want and there's no repercussions, um, and then that's it's just correct. a sort of an appeasement type type approach. That's yeah. that's and, I can't and, argue with. Yeah. I mean, the perception is and, is pretty clear. That's what it looks like. Right, and now it's August. Uh, 31st, 1939, and uh, everything is amassed at the border of, of, you know, in this case it was Poland, and bam, 10 days, gone. You know, is Poland is gone, and uh, that's yep. what's happening here. And uh, so the harder the ground freezes, the sooner that he's going to head on in. And he's not going to... Yeah, and, and, and he up. is adv- actually, uh, Putin has stated... Uh, publicly, that they would like to install a a president in Ukraine that is supportive of the Russian Republic. I mean, that's really his goal. I mean, he doesn't have to invade Ukraine. He's just got to get Zelensky out of there. And if he can get in a puppet, right. you know, like he's got in Belarus and whatnot that he can manipulate around, he'll be happy with that. And he won't have to have one single Russian soldier cross the border. Right. I mean, and he's doing that right now. He's He's got people in the country. They're undermining. Um, they've done cyber attacks on Ukraine already. They've got propaganda pouring into Ukraine. He's doing everything he can to de- destabilize uh, the Ukraine government. And you, you're right. He may not have to fire a single shot. He can take it all, and he'll he'll take his tanks and go home and put a f- Russian flag right next to the Ukraine flag and keep going. Good point. Now, if they do cross and it starts into a actual ammunitions type of a you know, firing battle, 
would it, are we able or is Ukraine able to set up a iron dome kind of a situation and repel any kind of missile attacks that go deeper into Ukraine? So Putin's biggest fear is not the active duty Ukrainian forces. Um, what Ukraine has is they have a, a uh, what I would call uh, partisan fighters, volunteers over there that would be a bigger bigger problem for him because what happens is it would turn into an insurgency and he doesn't want that uh where these these very uh, patriotic ukraine uh volunteers and again they're they're just like regular citizens but they've got a lot of military experience because a lot of them used to be uh foreign military with the with, during the soviet years and they've trained all these people up over there and there's a large guerrilla force uh in ukraine that will give him a lot of pain um, for long after. And I think he's got some concerns about that. So if he's going to go do it, he's got to do it and roll a lot of those individuals up right now. So I mean, he's got his former KGB guys trying to hunt down all these people to find these people because that's who he fears the most. He doesn't fear the organized government. He fears the disorganized partisan fighters that would occur in Ukraine. And he's seeing that a lot now with a lot of activity, although it's not being covered in the Crimea where he's dealing with a lot of these guys. And I think I think that's his, his big worry. The Ukrainian government has equipment, and we've been sending them lethal aid, and specifically anti-aircraft and anti-tank weapons that, that could cause uh, some problems. But when you say Iron Dome-type uh, uh, stuff, that only applies to, you know, you're talking about the counter-rockets and mortars uh, right. being fired in Ukraine. Uh, I don't know. I don't honestly know if he's if he's yeah, got that. If they major cities, I don't think they do. I think I think what they got uh, is what I would call the 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 shoulder fired anti air and anti tank stuff, right? The the man pad uh, anti anti aircraft weapons, and then of course the um, you know the shoulder fired anti tank weapons, both American and, and British and, and uh, French and Israeli weapons. Um, that's probably what they, the most of this stuff is. I don't know what the big hardware wise, you're talking about like Patriot and Thad and these other big yeah. air defenses. I don't think they have those. I really don't. I, I think Putin would be and, very upset had we yes, given that to them. I think that would have been grounds for him uh, to invade, so to speak, if we were giving him those levels of uh, capability. So I don't, I don't think well, that's. Trump, yeah. Yeah. Trump was trying to get those in there and uh putin w was not allowing it but uh, of course we know what happened there that didn't, they didn't get in and uh so my son is saying that uh putin's navy is still not in position and it's going to take maybe a couple more weeks before it is in the uh, black sea there is that is that yeah what you're talking about okay and, right yeah. and and the baltic but uh where they can attack from behind as well and um so he thinks it's going to be a couple more weeks but um Either way, <laughs> they're they're out of time, and they're they're out of life. They're going to have to. If Putin does cross over, I think Ukraine is going to pretty much have to say, "Okay, you can have this much and no further," which means then they can. Well, he, he he's <clears throat> definitely going to make a run for Kiev, which is only fifty miles from where his troops are massed right now. I mean, that's that's like what an hour's drive. So if he wanted to, yeah. he could be in the in the capital in an hour. 
Um, you know, uh, so so would he stop there? I mean, and and again, if you look at the geography of Ukraine, that's in the upper right hand corner. It's right up there near the Russian border, the capital of the country. It would be nothing to go rolling in there. And then ninety percent of the rest of the country, uh, you know, would he ignore putting troops in there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's that's an interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, for many years to decades, uh, Russians have been basically infiltrating into Ukraine uh, to increase the Russian population and uh, the Russian alliance or legions. And uh, so, you know, Ukraine's falling apart from within as well. Oh, yeah. They have an enormous Russian patriotic population in Ukraine. So as as, as a guy that used to kind of do this on the other side of the equation... Um, one of the biggest challenges if you want to run subversion um, and sort of undermine the existing government, uh, the biggest challenge you usually have is language um, and communication. The dream special forces uh, sort of developing an insurgency, if I were to go, it would be in a country that spoke English. Um, that's where we have the most effect and Putin has a country that speaks mostly Russian and he's inserting Russian instigators in there. It's like a dream environment. I mean, it's, it's ideal. If you want to destabilize a government was particularly one that speaks your language. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, we could shut this down. I honestly think if, if we wanted to send a message right now, um, but it ain't going to happen because Germany is basically sold out, uh, we we would just say okay we're going to shut down the Nord Stream pipeline and 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 Biden would reverse his you know open the Keystone pipeline back up and shut down the Nord Stream if he did that uh, and cut off the flow of natural gas to Eastern Europe I think it would be a huge blow to Putin because people don't 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 you know don't remember the reason he didn't invade Ukraine up until now was because that pipeline went through Ukraine and if he crossed into ukraine the partisans like i just said the 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 these partisan ukraine guerrillas would have blown that pipeline up and he didn't want that and it would have been a huge blow to his oligarch buddies if that 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 gas flow was was stopped so this new pipeline the Nord Stream pipeline goes around ukraine it doesn't go through ukraine no more and that pipeline is now getting ready to open so there's no real economic damage as far as putin is concerned by invading ukraine because even if they blow that pipeline up there's nothing in that pipeline anymore he's got a new pipeline so you really want to hurt the guy you got to look at the pipeline i mean and that's what i think it's coming down to a lot of people you know they don't realize there's all these little chess pieces and like i said putin is the ultimate chess player He's playing chess, and we're playing checkers. I mean, it's really what, what's going on. This guy is already four moves ahead of everybody else. He's that smart. And you have to respect your enemies. I mean, you learn that art, Sun Tzu, art of war. Know thy enemy uh, as you know thyself. And, and nobody does that anymore. You know, it's all about sound bites. It's all about posture. But, no, you know, Putin, Putin is a very methodical guy. He's, he's an old-school communist KGB guy who's thinking way down the road, and he's already three moves ahead of us, and, and that's the sad reality. Um, and I wish there was somebody in Washington, and I know there are. There's guys in the CIA and other organizations, but I don't think they're being listened to. I really don't. I don't think they're listening to them, and I don't think our, our European allies are listening to these guys. It's, it's sad, and that's why he's able to do, why he's such a effective uh, manipulator of, of things geopolitically, because he, he plays chess and we play checkers. Yeah, we. It seems to me that we are about to see a repeat in history in slow motion. Yeah, 
Uh, you make up a good point. Five years ago, and uh, unbelievable. Another man-made disaster. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Great, great points. Uh, excellent discussion. So I just wanted to end it. Uh, you know, we got like two minutes left to, uh, you know, uh, go on the show here. So I don't know if we have enough time. But I, I'm just curious what uh, everybody out there that, uh, you know, went out and got their two shots and they think they're, you know, good to go now. Yeah, I'm vaccinated. You're all suddenly with a, with a, with a wave of the hand. Uh, you are now unvaxxed and you're in that category with all those Americans that refuse to get the jab now because the CDC is saying that you have to get that that third shot, that booster shot. And they're pushing that now and they've automatically said that you're no longer considered vaccinated uh, if it's been more than six months since you got your last COVID shot. So I was just wondering what everybody thinks because, uh, you know, they were touting how great. And then I also saw data that the booster shot uh participation is dramatically lower so are americans at the point now where they're fatigued with this COVID stuff where they said look you know i came on board i got my two shots to get this thing going but you know the way things are going now i'm really not interested in getting that third shot you know i'm done i did my thing is are we at that point now where fatigue is finally setting in and americans are just saying yeah i've had it you know, I, I, I think we've we've seen a lot of different things uh, occurring over the last couple of weeks. Um, Americans are tired of the fear mongering and the fear porn, as they say, coming from the news media. You know, they came out with a new Omicron variant. They're calling it the stealth Omicron variant. Um, and Americans are just going, you know what? We're tired of this crap. You know, this is this is now uh, the, the virus has been weakening. Granted, there's a segment of the population that's at risk. Nobody is doubting that. I had COVID, and, and when I was in the hospital with it, uh, you know, my doctor told me that if, if you're overweight and if you have diabetes, you need to be concerned, or if you're over a certain age, you need to be concerned. But the vast majority, the younger population, really doesn't have much to worry about. And I think those are the people that are stepping up and saying, you know what, we're at the point where we don't care no more. So I'm going to end it there. Thanks again for Bruce and Eb for letting me host uh, Inside Track, and they'll be back next week. Take care. Have a good evening. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our biggest customers are actually like ranchers and people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So... Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. As the new year begins, many things change, but one thing remains the same. People worry about inflation, but it's just a process. 
manage your wealth, and you manage that process. We use the baby steps. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911-WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. 